0: What's up, G? What up, man? How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> man, I'm good, bro. So, uh, come here to kind of learn about you today, man. I, I'm, I met you here recently. Um, don't know that much. Know you've been through a lot, you know, and man, let's just, let's get yeah, into I've been it, bro. i
1: a little bit. Um, well, first off, my, you know, my name's G. Uh, what's up everybody out there in the world? <laughs> um, well, you know, two and a half years ago, I got shot and paralyzed. Growing up my whole life, I was a soccer player. Played soccer up into college, played at Louisiana College and stuff. And I was an athlete, got into bodybuilding and things like that. And I was up in Oregon and uh, I was living at my buddy's house. It was, it was cool up there. I wasn't living there anymore, I was up on vacation. I used to live there, then I went back for vacation. And uh, someone broke in, they shot me. I got, I got in a shootout with them. Oh shit. Yeah, so uh, I had a 12 gauge next to the bed
0: Wait, yeah. so where are y'all at where you have a twelve gauge six in the bed? All Wait, right, you're so. visiting and you have a twelve gauge six what's up with that? how does yeah, this happen? All right, so
1: <laughs> so I'm up in Oregon. Um, my buddy owns a record label. Okay. And so I was in the guest room and it was where the ammo closet was and everything. And there happened to be tw- there's like the ammo closet, the twelve gauge, like he had one of his guns in there. And I'm sleeping one night. So you
0: weren't laying there waiting on someone. No, I'm not like laying there like holding the 12 gauge like,
1: I wish (laughs) a motherfucker would. Yeah, yeah.
0: (laughs) And so um,
1: I go, I'm laying there and I hear the walls shaking and stuff. We lived on, my buddy lived on the Columbia River and um, he had like a big, there's a big window in the room that I stayed in and I heard it shaking. Well, I jump up and I'm like, oh shit, you know, what the fuck's going on down there? Sounds like someone's kicking in the door. My buddy has a pretty big house. And well, I hear the dog barking and shit. So I jump up, I grab the 12 gauge. I mean, shit, dude, I'm from Louisiana. I'm like, you know, <laughs> everyone's got a gun down here yeah. and uh, up there. And it's kind of the same way. It's not, it's not the same at all in Portland, but up in Oregon, it's, the Oregon state is kind of the same way with guns. It's kind of open, it's real country down in the South. So I jump up, I hear it, I grab the shotgun. I'm fucking, I'm butt-ass naked, I'm butt-ass naked. I just got home from the gym. So what's crazy is I had a great leg day and I had a great leg day at the gym. I go back, I take a shower, I smoke a joint with my homie and I'm like, all right, I'm going to bed like I'm tired. I'm fucking laying there butt naked. I jump up, grab the gun and I'm like holding the gun, pointing at the door, I know someone's breaking in and I think there's no way I can die naked. Not a chance, I'm about to die naked. If something happens, I ain't gonna die naked. I'm not gonna come in here, I'm just laying here naked with a fucking shotgun next to me. So, um, I'm pulling up my shorts and as soon as I pull them up and I put my hand back on the pump, boom, the door kicks open and we shoot each other. No words were said, no nothing. We just boom, shot each other. And uh, shit, that was it. We shot each other, I flew backwards. He flew backwards, um, his buddies carried him out, so I was told that 's what they said on the security cameras because my buddy had cameras, my buddy had a really big house, and uh they carried him out. I flew backwards, and I just kind of laid there. I was like, oh fuck, this is it this is I really just got shot this time. I got shot in the lungs, really yeah, so uh bullet went through my arm, went in through my lung cavity, came out my back over here, and uh i'm laying there i'm like all right you know all right in the movie like the rundown or something like that with the rock or like walking tall he like grabbed the shotgun he's like <laughs> and like cocks it one fucking handed well i look over i'm like all right there's a gun i go to grab it i go to lift it up and do that shit did not work at all didn't work i could not pick it up i'm like ah. so i'm like all right i'm gonna get to the bathtub and i'm gonna hide i'm laying there and really i'm dying. I can't breathe. I'm mm-hmm. like dying. So, my arm is paralyzed. Both my legs are paralyzed. And uh, I
0: flip myself over. It takes Did you me know about, that, like, right then? No. Did I had no idea <laughs> I was paralyzed. You just I were just thought, In shock, you got shot and you didn't want to mm-hmm. die.
1: Yeah, I knew I didn't want to die. I'm not thinking, oh, my legs don't work. I'm thinking, right. this would happen when you get shot. You can't move. Yeah. So, I flip myself over and uh, I flip myself over. And I'm, like, thinking, like, all right, you got to get somewhere. You got to get safe. I crawl one-handed, just with my left hand. Grab the carpet. I pull forward, throw the shotgun forward, grab the carpet, and drag myself about 30 feet across the floor to the, uh, to the bathroom. And once I get there, here comes my buddy Mitchell. He runs in and flips me over, and he's like, yo yo gg you know you're good you're good you're good he's like what happened i'm like i got shot in the chest and i'm pointing right here because when you get shot you don't know where you get shot you just feel the impact so i got shot here i'm telling him i got shot here and uh he like finally he finds it there's blood everywhere because i just drug myself like 30 feet blood everywhere and uh finally he calls he's like what do i do i'm like call our buddy who owns the house He's trying to call him, trying to call him over me. I'm like dying. He's over me. He has no phone service at all, zero. And I'm like, What the fuck? He's like, He's like, Gee, I gotta go. I don't have any phone service. Takes one step away. He's like, What do I do? I'm like, Call 911. I'm gonna die. And so I'm laying there and I'm like, Well, shit. I'm telling Mitchell, I'm like, I've been shot in the chest. I don't really know what's going on. He flips me over and, like I said, we call not, he calls 911 finally. Well, when he calls 911, they ask him, like, what happened? We tell him everything that happened. Um, he's sitting there. He's holding the blood. He's holding, like, a washcloth on me. And, honestly, um, shout out to my buddy Mitchell. He really saved my, saved my life. But I remember he didn't know what to do. <laughs> he did not know what to do. Well, I mean, that's End not up. something
0: you prepare for,
1: man. It's I mean, not. It, yeah, unless you're in not war at or all. something, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. It's not at all. So he's like, what do I do? What do I do? and I like point to the laundry basket I'm like Mitchell there's a washcloth up there grab a towel put pressure on where I got shot grab the towel and uh puts pressure on me 911 is like uh the police are there but we can't find your house yeah and I hear that I'm like what and Mitchell's like and I'm like trying to breathe my eyes are rolling back in my head he is literally slapping me in my face screaming, you're not going to die, bud. It's going to be okay. You're not going to die. And, like, slapping me in my face awake. I'm like, I'm real deal dying. Damn. Yeah, I was dying. And so, um, he's like, I got to go get the police. And I'm like, what? He's like, I got to go get them. They can't find the house. So, I, like, shake my head. I'm like, okay. And I'm, like, looking at him, talking with my eyes. He goes... Goes and gets the police. Well, on the house, they had a glass security door and then, like, big cathedral doors at the front that closed automatically. And uh, he goes out the front doors. Boom, they both auto-close and auto-lock Oh shit! behind them. Oh, yeah. shit, man. Gosh. Yeah, dude. So now the police. And you don't know this, huh? You're have no up idea. There. I'm yeah. up three stories up in yeah. the house, fucking dying. Yeah. I'm thinking, oh, shit, I'm alone. This is it. They don't have to leave me. This is it. So, um, I'm laying there, and then I hear, boom, boom, boom. I'm thinking that these motherfuckers have come back. I'm like, Mitchell's (laughs) down there in a shootout with these motherfuckers. So, I get to flopping around. (laughs) I'm like a fucking fish out of water. I'm flopping around. I'm like, I'm going to get to that motherfucking tub this time. You got me fucked up. (laughs) I'm getting in the tub this time. And my idea is... If i get in the tub i can get on my back and get the shotgun on me i can cock it down and then i can throw it over my shoulder and i can point it at the door and i can squeeze at least i'll get one more shot out right so if i get one more shot at least i can feel safe what i didn't realize was it was the police and the paramedics kicking the doors down trying to get back in the house so um paramedics get up there well the police get up there first and uh, the cop, I'll never forget, he runs in, looks at me, and he says, You're going to be okay. That was it. He just said, You're going to be okay. Other cop runs in, busts open the thing of gauze. And uh, he takes his finger, wraps the gauze around his finger, and he sticks his finger knuckle-deep into my chest, into my lung cavity with that gauze, and packs it. Just
0: you're sitting here awake you remembering and I'm wide all the
1: way yeah i'm wide awake okay i mean i'm not wide awake because right. i'm dying but yeah. i'm conscious i'm completely conscious and uh and then in the middle of it he goes wait are you sure this is the packing gauze and <sighs> in my heart and i'm like i'm conscious enough to understand these things and i'm like oh no oh no oh no and then the other guy's like, no, I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure. And I'm like, I don't give a fuck what it is. <laughs> you just get me out of here. Y'all seem like y'all doing the right thing. Whatever you're doing is working. And, uh, and I can feel his finger, like, in my lung cavity. I can feel it all. Shock only goes so far. Yeah. And they take me down the gurney. I'm thinking to myself. They got my head laying off of it backwards with my throat open. I'm thinking... I'm like, I can't breathe, I can't breathe. I'm thinking they're trying to kill my ass or something. And uh, they get me in the ambulance, the news crew is there. All the, uh, all the paramedics, the news crew, neighbors, everything is there. And then um, I remember the police officer, he looked at me and he said, what is your, in the back of the ambulance, he said, what is your name? And I, and I just looked at him and closed my eyes. He said, what's your name? I looked at him and closed my eyes again. I'm like, if I try to talk, they're not gonna think it's that serious. I look at him again. You had, so you
0: thought that, that yeah, time. Yeah, I thought you're that. Like, at this like...
1: time, I'm like, I have to stay quiet. They need to know that I'm really hurt. Mm-hmm. They need to know I can't breathe. And uh, third time he says, what's your name? I close my eyes again and I open them again to let them know, yo, I, I can't talk, like this is serious. I never open my eyes again. Really? Nine, I'm 21 minutes from the hospital. I was about one and a half minutes maybe he only had a chance to ask me what my name was three times and so closed my eyes i opened my eyes to them opening the ambulance doors at the hospital and uh so i was out the whole time that was the first time i coded so i died in the back and coded they gave me an emergency thoracotomy which means that they took a tube they cut me open and then once they cut me open, they shoved a tube inside of my lung cavity. They let the blood drain out. And when the blood stopped draining out, they put a bag on it and they would breathe for me with the bag and they just pumped me. Okay. And so I wake up and I'm like looking around. I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, I know how long, I, I know that I've been out. I'm like, holy shit. I just like woke up. I, I go down the hallway of the hospital And, like, the light's going over you, like, in the movies. Yeah. Dude, that shit's real. Yeah. That shit's (laughs) real, bro. Yeah, I'm like... And all I'm thinking is, oh, I'm good. I'm good. I made it to the hospital. I'm not going to die. And then I get to surgery. And they call me out. They're like, we have a John Doe, GSW to the chest, a gunshot wound at the chest. Um... And they're like, we don't have no no name, no age. And then I have 1995 tattooed on my chest. So here in the background, he's got 1995 on his chest. And they're like, all oh, right, we have a John Doe GSW, 25, 26-year-old male, um, starting anesthesia. And that's what
0: I hear. I can't believe how detailed, like how you remember so I remember vividly everything. all these details, man. That's I insane. I
1: everything. And then I remember this, I had a big-ass beard at the time, like a beard like I about out to here. And I remember they stuck that anesthesia mask on my face, and I just woke back up, and I can't breathe again with this mask. And I get to wiggling. I'm like, oh, shit, no. <laughs> and uh, they're holding my head, and I turn my head like like the mask is on, and I go like this, like that. And I see a little gap out the top corner of my mask, and I'm like, oh, I can breathe out of that. And I go, <sighs> And then I woke up 36 hours later, and I see you. That one big breath I took knocked my ass right out of that anesthesia. And uh, I woke up 36 hours later. I had the second to largest breathing tube that they could put in. You shoved down my throat. I was Velcroed down to the table, like to the bed. I couldn't move. And uh, when I woke up, I just looked around, and I was like, okay, I'm alive. I was like, I'm alive. At first... I'm not going to lie. I thought I was dead, and I thought I was in The Matrix. (laughs) The Matrix, yeah. Okay, so in the new Matrix movie, they have, like... I haven't seen it. Okay, you, like, wake up, and, like, they, like, leave The Matrix, and, like, they wake up, in this like, alien pod. And so it's really weird. When I woke up, they had me on a bunch of fentanyl and stuff. (laughs) Like... (laughs) And so I woke up at 3.30 in the morning with just blue low-level lights around me in the room, and I'm, like oh, shit, this is what happens when you die. I'm in a fucking alien ship. (laughs) And then seconds, like a millisecond later, I hear, stop the fentanyl. He's awake. And, like, I immediately realize I'm not on an alien spaceship. Yeah. It's just I think it's a fentanyl. But um, they came in. They told me what happened. And they're like, what's your name? What's your name? Like, they took the breathing tube out. And then I'm like, water, water. He's like, I can't give you any water he's like, we don't know what's wrong with you internally yet. We can't give you water. What's your name? And I swear to God, I told this man, I'm not going to tell you what my name is until you give me water. And he went and he got a sponge and he sponged my mouth with a wet sponge. And I said, all right, my name's Galen. (laughs) (laughs) And he said, where are you from? I said, give me some more water. I'll tell you where I'm from and I'll give you an emergency contact. And he's like, no, give it to me. I'm like, no, give me water. I cannot breathe. And he goes, and the first time he put mint all over it. Second time he goes, put mint on it again. I said, no mint, no mint. Just give me regular water. And uh, brings me back the water. And I tell him, I'm like, I tell him my parents' name. I tell him where I'm from. And then uh, he's like, hey, you know, you got shot. This is where you are. This is what's going on. And then after that, I was just in ICU. I was in ICU for about three weeks. Uh, I was in direct ICU for three weeks because I got shot through the lungs. So for three weeks, I had two tubes that were 12 inches long from the start of my skin to the inside of my body. um, Hanging out of me, dripping fluid out of my lung cavity for, excuse me. My first tube came out two weeks after I was in ICU. My second tube came out three days before I left ICU. And how long were you in there? I was in ICU for, I think, 18 days.
0: Okay. Mm -hmm.
1: So. No, I was in ICU longer than 18 days. I was in ICU, I think, 24 days.
0: What did they find out was wrong with your, your lungs internally from this? So. And what type of, what, what bullet was it?
1: Okay, I got shot with a forty cal. Okay. I got shot with, I think, a Smith & Wesson XD forty okay. cal. Point blank, pretty much, about 15 feet from me. What happened was the bullet went through my lung cavity and just completely struck my lung, went right through my lung and c- collapsed it. Um, as it traveled through, the bullet never actually hit my back to paralyze me, because I got paralyzed from the whole event. Um, i'm a t10 paraplegic uh incomplete well i'm complete but i still have feeling in my legs i just don't have motor function okay because the bullet actually never hit my spinal cord the bullet went through and barely nicked my my uh, t10 vertebrae so i never actually had back surgery nothing like that um But what happened was the velocity of the bullet, you know, like when a bullet goes through water in the movies, it like expands the water out and bubbles it. Same thing with your blood. It came through my body so quickly that when it broke that bone open, it exposed my spinal cord a little bit. And the velocity of my blood opened up and it squished my spinal cord, just like a banana in a peel. So it just kind of flattened it just a little bit, just a little indention, which is enough to paralyze you apparently yeah (laughs) but um like i said i still have the feeling and stuff which i'm very grateful for i'm lucky to have that but i'm also lucky to not have had back surgery because my back didn't actually break but my lungs my lungs are pretty messed up they had to go in and they had to take spray adhesive like medical grade spray adhesive spray their outside of my lungs and then they had to blow it up with like an air compressor type thing not Not exactly that, but that's about the best way that I can describe it. They had to blow it up with like an air compressor and they inflated my lungs. And they told me, uh, they said, you know, we hope this works. Like, we don't know if this is gonna work. This is like our least invasive. If this doesn't work, we're gonna have to cut a hole through the back of your rib cage, open you up, and go in there and attach your lung to your lung cavity and allow you to be able to reinflate it like that. So thank God it worked. And that's where those breathing tubes came from, was because I had lung, I had what's called a hemonumial which means that blood is entering into a cavity at the same time that air is escaping. Okay. So I had blood constantly just pouring into my lung cavity as air escaped. So what the tubes did was, it was on a vacuum, and it would basically just vacuum out pools of blood, like blood that would pool up in the bottom of my lung cavity and i had one on the outside one on the inside. And so after that um everything worked out pretty
0: well with the whole lung thing. With the lungs so like there's a hole in it do they what do they do like they if you say they blow it back up do they like i mean how does that work do they sew it back like how does that work like so I mean you have full functions on both lungs right now? Yeah, full yeah. function on both lungs. Yeah. So
1: what they did for that that was a process yeah that was a process Uh, because you have to heal from the inside out it's not you can't let anything scab over so when they took those tubes out of me i got two tubes in me about this big around you know like two holes on me and about that Mm -hmm. big around gaping holes what they do is they take this stuff called what's it called it's called something plex like Metaplex or something like that it's an artificial skin bandage and you just keep um you just keep like neosporin, like you keep a tri- uh antiseptic cream on there and you put this band-aid on there, which prevents healing. Okay. And so your body, what it does is it keeps the outside from healing. So it allows your body to slowly fill in that gap. So they just leave the holes in you and wait. Let your body heal it. Okay. Your body heals itself and okay. they just wait. Okay. So I'd say maybe it took six months for me to be able to cough again. Because like, if I would cough, like that hole would want to like push open. Right. And like all the air would want to escape. So it was painful. Did I bet, gosh. Mm-hmm. And uh, they didn't let me, I left rehab, my rehab facility to learn like how to do the wheelchair. That was in there for maybe three and a half weeks. It was in there about three and a half weeks total also. It was about an eight week experience, a seven, eight week experience. And uh, I came home. They taught me pretty much everything I needed to know about how to live in the wheelchair. But what was hard was still having those holes in me and living in Arizona. I had my dad with me. He stayed for about a month. He was able to stay for about a month. He stayed as long as he could. And uh, you know, after that, I was basically on my own. And that's what made it hard. Was I had roommates, but they work, you know, people yeah. can only help so much. I'm newly in a wheelchair. I've only got one hand. My right hand did not work at all. My right hand still doesn't fully work, but I went from 0% function in my right hand to now I'm about 95% function.
0: Really? Okay. Yeah. And I had
1: 0% function in my right hand for about nine months. When was this? When did this happen? Just three years ago, you said? This happened January 27th, 2021 so on um, we're coming up on three years okay. in a couple of months okay and uh over the time i've gotten my function back in my hand a little bit no leg function but a lot more feeling back um and uh yeah i mean here i am today i mean alive my lungs are i got bo- full function in both lungs um just kicking ass, dude, yeah. that's all I can do. Yeah, what happened to him, do you know? So he, like I said, he got shot, right. I shot him back. And you shot him with like buckshot or something? Yeah, buckshot, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah um, I'm not sure exactly where he hid, I'm not exactly sure what injuries he sustained. Uh, they told me that there was a trail of blood from where he was shot, all the way downstairs, all the way out the house. I'm not exactly sure what happened to him though, like I said, I don't even know who the kid was um but he did he got he got taken to the same hospital as me unfortunately okay um and when i woke up the i told my nurse my nurse is like what happened i was like dude someone shot me i was like they broke in our house and shot me he was like well i'm like what else happened i was like man i shot him back and he was like really i was like yeah you know i think i shot him i'm pretty sure i shot him back with the shotgun like i shot him with the shotgun i'm pretty sure i shot him back well 15 minutes before i got brought in by the ambulance. A kid had been dropped off with shotgun wounds at the same hospital, so I never gave a statement to the police. I never had to go to court. What? Yeah, I Wait, never. Wait. Okay. So I never did anything. The police never talked to me one single time. They never came to my
0: room. Who did they talk to?
1: They never talked to my lawyer either. When the Your kid. Your friend, like. They just talked to my the roommates, and they had security. Uh, we had security cameras.
0: So they never even asked you, "Hey." What happened? What does hey, this person okay? look like?
1: I had no, yeah, nothing. What what, what? what? Never came to my hospital room one time.
0: That's insane.
1: Not one single well, time. Didn't not, was never asked one question by any sort of law enforcement
0: or investigation team or nothing. What did they break in? Do you know what they were wanting? Like first off, you said it was hard for the police to get in. How did the, those people break in so easily then? If it was hard for the police to get, it was hard
1: to get for the police to find the correct address because right. Buddy, but then
0: you said he went out and the, the door locked. Right, mm-hmm. there was the so door there not was, locked before? Like they came in through the
1: basement. They kicked the basement door open. Okay, my buddy owned a, uh, a record label. Okay,
0: and he had a full studio in the basement. So they were going in there still that shit. Mm-hmm. And then they went on upstairs, I and guess, to try to see what else upstairs they can upstairs get. And see on what else they can get, I guess. And this is young. you said kids, so that you think it's a young someone young, from what you remember? I think or? he was about,
1: you know, I think he was younger than me. I'm 28 now. I was 25 when I got shot. Um, I believe he was like 24, 22, 23. Yeah. Yeah, I think he was younger than me. Now, I, don't quote me on that, but I believe he was younger than me, just a couple of years. So you never
0: got, you don't know who it was. You never, never had, had anyone to ask you anything.
1: Never had anyone ask me.
0: What do you, like, how do you feel about that? Like, do you feel like, do you hope the worst for it? Like, what do I the, used like, to be really angry. That's what I'm, that's what I'm asking. Because to be like, so angry at so many kid. things I would think, like, you go immediately to, like, I, I hope I fucking killed that guy, you know, yeah, just exactly. whatever, you know like, what I, mean? I used to want a lot on him,
1: but, um, he got 30 years in prison. Did he?
0: Yeah, okay, so he, you found that out. So, for, for so, that or he had other, other things? So,
1: um. One day, my, my mom got a call from the Oregon DA and was like, hey, the guy that shot your son has court in like a week. And I called my lawyer, I'm like, yo, the guy that, had, that shot me got court in like a week. Like, what the fuck? You haven't said nothing to me. My lawyer's like, what? He's like, me and the DA are friends. Like, I should have known that. The DA just wasn't, I'm not gonna say he wasn't doing his job because he did the job, right. but they weren't communicating with, I guess, the right channels or maybe they just didn't have the right info. And so my lawyer never like was even involved with the entire case. They did the entire case solely through the state of Oregon against the guy that shot me. But he's in prison now, you know that for mm-hmm. sure. 30 years flat, no early release. I
0: watched the court case on a video So you know stream. his name now and you know, okay, who it is? And yeah, yeah when,
1: it, when he had his court case, it was a video stream because he was in Seattle apparently. Okay. And uh, the court case was in Oregon. And so uh, I watched the video stream I didn't do any commentating or nothing like that. I didn't speak. My mom spoke. She was just like, you know, I'm upset for my son. Like, you know, motherly shit. Yeah. I'm so sad. Like, this is ruining our family. Right. You know, those type of things. But, I didn't have nothing to say to him. I mean, he's got a, he's got a long time in prison. Um, I hope that he learns a lot. I hope that, there was four people that were with him. You yeah. know, I hope that, I hope it doesn't happen to someone else. But Well man, it's just like there's not much I can speak on when it comes to when it comes to him because I mean I didn't even know the guy. You know, I didn't I didn't know him from I didn't know him from around the block, I didn't know him from down
0: the street and I didn't know him as a friend. What point do you think you weren't like mad anymore? Like what like has this just been a process of adjusting or I think that I stopped being mad whenever
1: I got back into bodybuilding. Okay. Mm-hmm. Whenever I got back into being able to live my life again, like I said, I'm a mechanic. I'm um, a certified mechanic, you know, I'm your, I'm your back door, around the corner down the street mechanic. Yeah. And, uh, but I mean, I get shit done, that's for sure. And uh, I think whenever I started working on cars again and started working out again, that's whenever I was like, you know, I can live my life again. Whenever, I was dating a girl too for a long time. So that helped a lot. And I don't know, I just got back into my normal life. I got to back to the point that ain't shit changed. Yeah. And a lot of people they don't ever get to that point or it takes some years and years and years. I have friends that have been in the wheelchair longer than me and they ask me like, "Yo, like how are you doing this? How are you doing that?" And I just think like, "Man, I'm just fucking doing it. Like that's all you have to do. You just got to do it." And I don't know. I don't know. I just think that I just don't have the same mindset as everybody else. And I'm cool with that. But this shit just didn't hit me the way it hit some people.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's a lot, though, man. That's a lot. I mean, it's a lot to. Um, well, you just got to. I mean, you just got to be a warrior, bro. That's what you are. I mean, exactly. it's, it's obvious. Like you, the whole time this happens, I'm just sitting here trying to soak all this in. And everyone listening and watch, I'm sure, too. Like the whole time this happens, you 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 literally get shot shoot someone back and you're you're not worrying about dying you're trying to get somewhere till you yeah, work, shoot yeah, I'm I'm like, to you could fire another shot like dude that's not that's not like a natural response like that's not like a, i mean i guess it's a survival response but it's, it's not, not like normal. you want you're not wanting to curl up in a fetal mm-hmm. position which is which is a testament and that's probably why you've bounced back so quickly too cuz you've kept that it seems like you've kept that you know yeah i've definitely kept that momentum going yeah. um
1: I think that's the biggest thing i have friends who have been shot too and um when they got shot they just laid there and they're just dying and then they like were alive and it's like i could have never done that i couldn't have just laid there and thought to myself this is it i thought to myself i'm gonna battle to the last second i mean i was an athlete my whole life and i was a, i hated losing <laughs> i did not like to yeah. lose and i played soccer get red cards yellow cards a lot i was a defender too i'd be smashing people hard and i was never the biggest guy so i'd hit you like i was 10 times stronger because i knew i wasn't bigger than you yeah and uh, so when that happened and that bullet hit me man that woke me up i said oh shit this is it you know this is real this is this is what this is everything that you knew could happen like mm-hmm. this is this is what it feels like when you get shot. Like all the times that you're running around in the desert, shooting guns, dropping your, your, my rifle, and picking out my, picking up my sidearm. Cause I love to shoot. That was my thing. I was, I love to shoot. And um, as soon as that bullet hit me, I thought this is what everything you practice is for. Okay. Every now is literally what I said. The, everything that you practice, this is it right here. Don't, don't give up. And I looked over that shotgun
0: and I went to grab that motherfucker and I said, they ain't going to get me. Well, yeah, but even still just having that reaction, like you, you not had any like special training or military or police or like, <clears throat> or not put in any tactical situations. So this is just like, Hey, um, we're, we're doing this thing you know what exactly I mean? hey and that's that's i mean this look, man, is it
1: and we're doing it I ain't gonna that's stop. impressive
0: it really is it's impressive it's impressive that you made it through everything and, and doing what you're doing now but mm-hmm. it's impressive that just hearing that you have that mentality immediately and that you remember every single detail now i have to ask you and i'm sure a lot of people ask you this but like what about when you die when you code like what do you see what does people act like are you religious like do you, is it a so, religion thing like do you see anything like I've never been the most religious
1: guy. I grew up in the church. I was baptized at birth. Right. Grew up in Episcopalian church um, at St. Paul's. Um, Family's very religious. Um, Very spiritual and very religious, both. Uh, When I died, I have friends who have died, and they say that they see all this white light. When I died, I mean, I'm not going to say that... I don't want to, like, try to swerve anyone's religion. And, right, right. But everything for me personally was black. Okay. Everything was dark. I didn't have didn't Is have it a like whole, you went
0: to sleep? Okay. It was like
1: I went to sleep and woke up. Now, I don't know if my heart didn't stop long enough. I don't know if my heart fully stopped beating. I know that I was resuscitated three times. I know that in surgery I died twice. Okay. I had a massive blood transfusion. They put more bo- more blood in my body in surgery than what your body can hold. Damn. Yeah, they gave me 13 bags of blood. Damn. Yeah, and they're supposed to stop at five. Five and six is supposed to stop and call you dead. They're supposed to code you out because it's a waste of blood. What
0: What do you think made them keep doing it?
1: Honestly, I don't know. To this day, I That's ask myself. That's interesting.
0: That's interesting, right? If they're supposed to code you at five or six bags, and they, they gave, gave you 13. double. Yeah, they gave you double. I mean, to this day, there I don't had know. To have had been some and type of. And I had coded,
1: a, I had coded twice already, and like I don't know why they just keep giving me blood
0: and giving me blood and giving me blood. You would think you would had, had to been doing something to make them think you were pulling through, right? Or That's what like. I think. And I'm you don't have like any memories of like any type of traumatic dream or something like when this is happening
1: flashback sometimes it's something I don't know what it is though okay to this day I I I can close my eyes right now and I can see something but I don't know what it is I see I can't see it right I'm like I don't know I, I can't see it and I don't really tell people that because they don't get it and then they try to ask and I can't explain but I see myself somewhere, but I don't know where I am. Okay. And so I'm not gonna say that all I saw was dark. Yeah. Cause whenever I woke up in the back of the ambulance, all it was was dark and then I woke up. But I remember something being different between the ambulance and me waking up in ICU. I don't know what it was. I just know something was a little bit different and so um i saw it dark i woke up when people ask me i just tell them though it was just really dark and i'm not really sure what happened because i get a lot of questions
0: yeah mm-hmm. well i mean there's a lot of people want to know look that's the everyone that's the one inevitable thing that scares the shit out of everyone mm-hmm. right it's dying exactly it's gonna happen and no one wants to talk about it it's like the the, the biggest like uh i don't know it's like the biggest like myth origin like whatever like there's just exactly. like so many questions and everyone has all these suggestions and what they think may mm-hmm. happen but i think they do that because they are trying to tell themselves that inevitably this is going to happen to me and i'm just trying to figure out how i'm going to be able to deal with it exactly you know, i'm just trying up to, tell to
1: myself it. it's going to be okay yeah
0: and it's i mean it's just it's inevitable for us but yeah i mean it's it's always interesting because i've never had a conversation like with anyone like you right now at mm-hmm. all um where this has happened to I've, I've talked to people who've been shot and been through things and stuff like that and and um had these horrible experiences but i don't think i've ever had you spoken to someone who's actually coded multiple times you know and Mm -hmm. actually been resuscitated and you know basically went flatline yeah um and that's something that i've always i think we all think that in the back of our mind like what happens you know what what happens happens? and i used to think it all the time and then you see all these shows where people you know these things they have the experiences but like you said it for you it was this way it could be different for someone else and Mm -hmm. that does make sense have you like have you ever tried to like And this is just my mind, bro. But like, have you ever tried to like do like go like on a trip and like do like a like a Mm -hmm. DMT experience Mm -hmm. or like to try to pull that back and see what that was that you can't picture? So it's funny enough about
1: that. um, Right before I got shot, I went down to my buddy's house. Um, I don't want to say his name, but I went down to my buddy's house and uh, I was going to buy a weed farm. Okay. And uh, I was trying to retire. It was going to be a legal weed farm. Right. And I was. I was like, this is it, man. Like, I'm gonna be able to retire, and I can take care of my family with this. My best friend, who's also a bodybuilder, he was in, Af- in uh, Afghanistan at the time, and I was like, yo, when you come home and you get out the army, I said, you're gonna move up here. We're gonna grow weed, bro, and we're gonna be rich. <laughs> I was like, this is it. Well, I was up there touring the farm and everything, and we we're smoking DMT. Okay, so you've done it. Okay. Yeah, I smoked DMT. I smoked a lot of DMT. Okay. And. uh Dude, right before I hit the dabber with the DMT, all the electricity in the whole camp went out for no reason. His flash is dark. And I was like, fuck it. Start playing your drums, bro. He's like a pro drummer. He's an amazing drummer. Drum set like a like fifty drums in front of him, man. It's crazy. And he's playing the drums, doing his thing. I hit the DMT and like all these flames come up from behind him, like <laughs> And I'm like, whoa, shit! And this is kind of like, you know, have you ever smoked DMT? No. Okay, so
0: I'm like a, look, even like for me, like weed is like just very like here and there certain Uh scenarios, bro. I'm like super sensitive to everything. Okay, (laughs) yeah. I can't even fucking look at a Percocet, bro. Nothing. Like (laughs) I I can't even.
1: Um, don't do Percocet. Yeah, no. I'm just saying, like for reference, any of that (laughs) shit. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) but no, for real. Um, so when you smoke DMT, you kind of like like kind of you kind of like pass out for a second because it it hits your it floods your brain so quickly you kind of nod off into a a different realm Mm -hmm. it's like the best way to describe it well when you kind of wake up it that only lasts seconds like you know 30 seconds 45 seconds or so well um you kind of wake up and then you kind of in like the weird zone, like a weird zone. I'm looking around, and all these entities come from out from underneath my buddy's carpet, and they're like waving to me underneath the carpet. And I'm thinking to myself, "Go with them." And then I think, "No, no, no." The electricity come back on. You can't be that dude crawling on the ground trying to get underneath <laughs> your friend's carpet, <laughs> looking like a crazy person. Oh, so I shit. said, "No, just sit here and look at him." I'm like looking at him, like. I'm like, oh my God, I've never seen this before. What do they look like? They were black figures, and they look like Slenderman-style figures. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, Solid black like a shadow. Okay. Three of them waving me like this, slowly, but they're under the carpet. They help, they're like under the carpet, holding the carpet up, looking out from the floor, waving me down into the floor. And uh, three days later, I got shot and died. Fuck, man. And I had never had any experience like this on DMT ever. What were your previous
0: experiences like? Previously,
1: oh. um, I would have— Like enlightenment? Crazy. Um, not enlightenment. I would have like kind of like self-epiphanies okay. on what I wasn't doing right and the way that I wanted to project myself forward in the future. And I would usually see lots of geometric shapes and colors, like reds, blues, bright colors, greens— and uh, lots of geometric shapes going around, very stagnant vision. At This time I was fully vision focused, looking at these entities thinking, wow, this is weird, i never felt this. And all the electricity went off seconds before I hit it too for no reason. And then a couple of days later I died.
0: I wonder, what do you think? Like, what do you think you would if you would've went down that hole? Like, you think that I would've been- I always wonder. That would've been like, securing your fate to not make it through mm-hmm. what happened you know i do
1: i think that if i would have got on that floor and crawled over to that hall this sounds crazy but i feel like somehow in some way maybe i would have given up my soul right, to right. the physical realm and allowed a spiritual realm to grab under my soul and i would have died and moved on over to another side
0: that makes sense look it makes sense to me that mm-hmm. i mean the way that you put that in the, that you know um i've had I've had very, very wild ass experiences just, um, and not even DMT, like just with edibles and different strains mm-hmm. and stuff. And, and they freak me the fuck out. And what I tell people all the time is like, I'm content with where I am now. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'm scared to t- touch, to open a door yeah. where there may be a, a past version of me or a dark side of me that I don't want to deal with. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like that door's already shut. I know exactly. It, what you it mean. scares the fuck out of me. And I th- always think that. And for some reason, that's always in the back of my mind. If I ever do anything that's mind altering, so it, I'm just so fucking paranoid about that, you know? And, and most people are paranoid, like, oh my God, I'm gonna die, yeah. or oh my God, I'm gonna get caught, you know, or am I gonna get in trouble? Mm-hmm. But my paranoia is like, am I gonna open a door that I've finally closed that I don't need to open again? You know what I mean? That's, that's what I like about it. I, I used to eat a lot of acid and a lot of yeah, mushrooms. Yeah, that's a whole other thing. Yeah, and, and the shroom thing's cool too mm-hmm. because that's more of a happy, like you know, yeah, y- you you get different vibes there. But the but when a- you go LSD, yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I loved LSD
1: <laughs> more than shrooms because shrooms was like, shrooms was like a fun party thing to do with my friends yeah. or like, fight a lot of shrooms. I would just stay at home and kind of focus on myself. But the acid was a testament to myself. The acid was a yo if i'm gonna eat this lsd i know that this is about to be a wild ride and i gotta be strong i gotta be prepared for it and that's what i like um i like to push myself i like to push my mental boundaries a lot
0: well i think there's so i like to race
1: cars yeah i like to go 200 miles an hour on motorcycles i like to push my boundaries
0: well there's so much to it that people don't think about these things are um in controlled environments, they're, they're, they're very useful, right? And very there's, useful. there's so many studies proving that I'm not just talking bullshit here. And if anyone, yep. ha, they want, they look it up, you know, whatever, but like, there's so much benefits to, you know, treating, you know, treating trauma and, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. And, um, and control states, you know, micro dosing this and doing that. Like there's a lot of use to them, but a lot of what people have seen is just someone abusing it or it using the wrong scenario and, and them not having the, you know, the, the same experience experience and also not being able to relate to maybe Mm -hmm. why they would be doing these things but um yeah i never looked like it i it fascinates me that whole world fascinates me um do i want to partake in it no just because i think i'm i'm good you know but but i feel like if i ever felt like i needed to you know touch this or, or try to reach for this as something i can't achieve mentally that maybe i could do this and you know reach that but it does fascinate me, and I always like talking to people about it because there's, especially around here, there's a limited amount of amounts of people, mm-hmm. and there, and then like on a broad perspective, there's so many people that just do it just because it's a trend thing, yeah, exactly. and they don't really, they've never, yeah, everyone's dealt with their own shit, but they haven't been through something like what you've been through, yeah. you know what I mean? And um, yes, everyone's hard, it's different, right? You know, it's you, you're only, you know, like you, the worst thing you've been through is the worst thing you've ever been through, exactly. Right? But whenever someone like you know you yourself who's been through something like this dramatic and traumatic and you can like literally just say okay well this this may have helped me and go Mm -hmm. through this process you know what I mean but but pushing your boundaries and strengthen your mental fortitude I mean essentially is uh it speaks a lot and that may be why like you said that may be why that you were you were so vividly thinking you you know you you your reaction was there you Mm -hmm. were worried about the details you were thinking about not speaking because you wanted to like all that's just insane to me to think about that every single thing that your response time and how you you know can remember these things is like you you were cutting dry like you weren't like yeah
1: i was i was dialed in one two three four there was no oh i need to think about doing this Oh, i need to think about doing that and i do I do agree. I think that um, the mental journey that I put myself on with all the hallucinogenic trips that I've had um, definitely allowed me to stay mentally sharp in a very chaotic situation. Cause, uh, man, I've had some like crazy trips before. I've eaten too much LSD before. I've eaten <laughs> too much acid before. Man, I've had some wild times with some friends and stuff, and scary times too. I had one time. It was pretty scary. It was, uh, dude. I like. I thought I was getting kidnapped by my friends, and then I ordered an Uber away from their house. And I thought that they had set me up in the Uber. I thought the Uber driver was kidnapping me. Damn! No, it was crazy, dude. I had my girlfriend with me. I thought my girlfriend was all in on it and <laughs> shit. I'm texting her on my notes. I'm like, "Are you kidnapping me?" I'm handing her my phone. She texts me back, "No, I thought you, she was on just as so much acid as me." She texts me back, "No, I thought you were kidnapping me." <laughs>
0: I said, "Oh, we're well, good then." yeah oh man well, but, well i mean what point do you think like from <laughs> recreation to therapeutic like do you think now like if you are using any of those things or do anything like that or is it purely therapeutic now not so much just trying to have fun with it
1: so before it was recreation and therapeutic okay okay um i would definitely have my times where i'd use it recreationally yeah but um mainly i would never really eat mushrooms or shrimp uh, acid or anything and go out to like parties and stuff like that if i was with friends and we were and i was tripping they were tripping right. and we were all in like in like someone's house and we had all kind of like set it up um now if we were eating like a lot then we would have a real controlled environment because that's kind of when we would like kind of be quiet to ourselves and in our own thoughts and really trying to like get past some mental barriers break through some mental barriers that maybe we didn't even know that we were being held back by and uh now when I eat mushrooms that's definitely what I do yeah now it's uh I don't eat them often I've only eaten mushrooms maybe <laughs> probably four times since I've been shot maybe okay. three or four times and I used to eat mushrooms like a lot <laughs> a lot <laughs> and uh but now they make my leg spasm real bad okay all my like I said I still feel my legs and uh all my nerves fire like rapid fire I'm talking you can see the like my le- my legs look like waves in the ocean because of muscle fibers are flowing so quickly, and uh, so it's kind of hard for me to enjoy it. So if I do eat mushrooms, then I'm like laying back at home. One or two of my close friends are around. They're tripping. We're like watching movies and we're just we're just chilling. I yeah. don't do it for recreational at all anymore. Yeah, I got you.
0: Well, like, do you have? You say you have? You you've gotten use back in your arm, mm-hmm. and you have feeling in your legs. Do yeah. you have like? I, this may be a fucked up question to ask, but I do 100 percent transparency here. Like, questions. I'm thinking, I'm thinking. Yeah. Like, do you have like, do you have these like, hopes like that maybe one day those things will work again? You know, are you, are you are you are you so? Have you accepted where you're at now? And if that does happen, cool. You know, kind of, what's your mental state there? I've accepted
1: where I am now. Right. Um, I've had a great life since I've been paralyzed. Um, I had a great life before. I did a lot more than most 25 year olds have ever done. And uh, if you check my background and like how I live my life and everything, and where I would go and like how I travel, I mean, I lived my life. I, I lived in Las Vegas. I lived in Southern California. I lived in Northern California. I lived in Denver. I lived down here. You know, I've got all these different experiences of life. I haven't lived out the country, but I've got all these different walks of life from America at least. And so I really got to experience a lot. And uh, now I'm getting to experience a lot more because. When I experience things now, I experience it for the experience and not for I don't even really even know how to put it i'm I'm in the moment more I think that's the right. best way i can re well, you value it. your life more I value my time
0: yeah and your time before
1: yeah. I didn't really care I just be like running around smoking weed and like chilling and, living for the moment, yeah man. yeah, I yeah. yeah, just like living and then like mm-hmm. i you smoke a bunch of weed before I go to the event and I wouldn't like, sometimes I wouldn't even remember halfway being at the event. I'm like, well, shit, I know I was there. Yeah. I remember enjoying it, but I don't remember the exact details. Yeah. But now like, I like being sober and like, I like, I don't drink anymore at all. I don't really go out to bars. I'm mentally focused on what I want. Um, I see my family a lot more. Me and my dad have a great relationship now. Um, we've always had a good relationship, but, we, I never really would take the time to talk to my family. I'd yeah. be like on the phone for five minutes. I'm in another state living there. And then, yep, love you, bye. Mm-hmm. Now me and my dad, me and my mom, we'll talk on the phone for an hour or two hours and be like, fuck, we got to get off the phone. All right, <laughs> I, I'll talk to you later. And so I just get to, I get to enjoy who I am and what I have going on around me more because before I, I didn't appreciate it. Yeah. And I didn't know I didn't appreciate it. I had no idea I didn't appreciate it. I mean... Friends, family, loved ones, girlfriends at the time. I just let shit walk right on out my life. I didn't care. Yeah. Now I try to make sure that shit's correct.
0: Yeah. Do you think think this higher power like kept you here for any singular purpose or something like that? Do you have any of those thoughts?
1: Yeah, I think I'm here to help younger kids realize that uh, maybe living in the streets isn't all it's cracked up to be. Because, um, I don't know, I got shot. I've met a lot of people who have gotten shot. And uh, I know a lot of people who are probably doing things that they shouldn't be doing that could get them shot. And I think that, I just think that my purpose is kind of to show people that people don't see, like, a way. Like, the people, the people that are in the back corner that no one's talking to that need help also, those are the people that I help. I got you. Not the people that are on the front line showing their ass everywhere. I like to help the people that think that no one's going to help them.
0: Yeah. Well, um, the bodybuilding thing. Yeah. Body- so you're a pro bodybuilder. I so, am. T- a pro tell body. me how that happened, bro. That's awesome. All right, dude. Because so- <laughs> so we didn't get in that. Like most people, would leave with that. I'm like, nah, bro. We're getting in the nitty gritty <laughs> yeah. first, and we'll we'll, mm-hmm. we'll we'll do the shiny stuff at the end. So
1: um, shout out to my brother C.J. Uh, rest in peace. He passed away in 2018. Uh, he was a bodybuilder and he was good. He was fantastic. His name is C.J. Harris. He was a big bodybuilder from around here and uh, he made it to the Olympia, not to the main Olympia, to the amateur Olympia. He he did his thing there and stuff, but he was on the Olympia stage and then uh, he passed away. I never really wanted to do bodybuilding. I was always like, I like to work out. I don't yeah. want to get up there Flexing my muscles for all these people and shit. Like, you know, I don't, I don't want to do all that shit. It's not really for me. I, I love my friends that do it. I like going to this stuff. I love the lifestyle, but I don't want to physically be on the stage. I just want to train like it. Well, when he passed away, I was like, oh, I'm going to do it one day. I'm going to do it one day. And, uh, but I was, never, I was never living for my own life. I was just living for the next adventure. And then I got shot. And then I started realizing that I need to live for what, what, what makes me happy and not what's just fun for right now. Like what's going to make me actually internally happy. So I started training again. And I was like, I'm going to do it this time. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get back on the stage. I'm going to get on the stage and I'm going to win something. And so um, obviously I'm in the wheelchair. So I had to do wheelchair bodybuilding league so i started training and stuff when i got out the hospital being shot i was 122 pounds um i got up to about 155 pounds in about two years i gained about 30 pounds in two years back and then i cut down and i competed at a little all 130 pounds okay which i ah, shit i didn't even know i was that light i thought i was like 145 they weighed me i was like 130 i was like damn i cut a lot back down but um I look pretty good, and I ended up winning my IFBB Pro card at that show. I did the Dallas National Show in June 2023. Awesome. And um, I had a couple guys that a good competition, a couple of my friends. But now i got my Pro card, and now i got the the real competition coming up. So uh, I've got the Arnold Classic coming up in March, around March. That will be my Pro debut. So um, I'm being coached right now by uh, Chelsea Worcester. And uh, I hope I said her last name right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, she's a professional bodybuilder. She's, she's an Olympian and uh, she's top rank. She's within, I think she's like top 16 in the world. I think she's like 16th in the world. Okay. And uh, yeah, she's my coach and uh, shout out Chelsea. <laughs> and she does great. She's got got me on a good meal plan, got me on a uh, good workout. And we've been working together for about two months
0: um since
1: I've been down here I've been slacking a lot (laughs) well you got a while
0: you got a while you put on some. I'm sure you just need to put on some muscle right now Mm -hmm. yeah
1: yeah I'm just trying to put on some size right now I've been eating a lot I just haven't been training much while I've been down here but um I'll go back to Phoenix in about a week and then I'm fully 100% dive back in no games being played and so uh, I love the bodybuilding thing man I just my brother was so into it, and he loved it. And I, and like I said, I was never into it. And he passed away. And uh, being an Olympian is something he wanted to do, and uh, he didn't get the chance to do it. And so I'm just gonna kind of fulfill that destiny.
0: Yeah, that's awesome, man. That's that's a whole other thing. Like yeah. you know, what I mean, that's not not to mention like it gets. I get, dude, I get on my soapbox, bro. I get excited. Mm-hmm. I can't stand lazy people. I can't stand people that are Me fucking neither. overweight for all. all the only, no reason reason. Is, the only reason is because they want to fucking be, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It's not because they're, they, they attribute condition. it to some kind of bullshit. Yeah. You know, like, of course, if you get that, if you let yourself get that far, you're going to have some kind of fucking yeah, health shit issue. Yeah, that shit don't happen overnight. No, no, it doesn't. It don't happen <laughs> no, overnight. Dude, it took you 30 years to get this fucking mm-hmm. big. You didn't, you know? But, like, so, just, like, a testament to, to you and, and to everyone to, to realize that, like, you are sitting here and you have now you have limited capabilities but it's opened up a whole another part of your life and and really you have you seem to have more capability than everyone but just because people don't realize I just don't think they realize their potential do you know what
1: I mean yeah people don't realize what they have yeah and then they 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 lose it and then they say oh well shit I should have I should have and that's what I did I I lost my ability to walk and stuff and I thought I should have done this I should have done that differently um but now i get it has allowed me to have an understanding of i don't need to ever think i should have i just need to do if i want to get it done i get it done i have a to-do list now if i have it on my to-do list it's to do it's not to look at it's to do Hell yeah because i mean i'm a procrastinator i told my dad the other day i said i did my uh What did I say? My uh, procrastimatic's wrong. He said, what's that? (laughs) I said, my procrastination mathematics. Shit. I thought my flight, I thought I had extra time before my flight. I woke up at my sleep. I said, I got 45 minutes to get to the airport. And I was like, I'm still procrastinating, but I know, I know who I am. I know that I'm limited now. So I know that I need to overcome myself by being a better version of me. And that's what I've become because these limitations that I have with the wheelchair will not stop, will not limit me from being all I can be. Yeah. And I think that people with no limitations or with lim- with very, very limited limitations just try to play a woe is me story for themselves so that they have an excuse on why they're not getting shit done. Like, Oh, this hurts or, Oh, that hurts. Or, Oh, I don't have enough time. That's the biggest, that's the biggest excuse I hate. I don't have enough time. Oh, yeah, dude, I can't stand that one. If, if you don't have enough time, why do I have enough time? Because yeah. I'm pretty sure you got the same amount of time in the day. We both work. We both got shit going on. We both live full-fledged lives. We both got friends. It's just you choose to do, Some people choose to do things that don't constructively enhance their life. The things that I choose to spend my time with constructively enhance my life, and the things that don't, I choose to not to do. Yeah, And... I mean I'm not no better than nobody else, but I'm I'm more focused and being in the wheelchair has allowed me to realize that I need to stay that way.
0: Yeah, man, I think that's uh it's it's huge, man. It it is. I um I had um I think Jessie's last name is Stratchum or, or something like that. She's um, she's um, in a wheelchair. She, she had an accident. Um, oh, yeah.
1: Jesse Straham. yeah uh, Jessie Straham. Yeah, Jessie Straham.
0: Mm-hmm. So I had an episode with her, and it's been a long time ago. It was, it was back when we were doing Zoom episodes during COVID and stuff. Okay, yeah. So you know her? I, I, I know, you of, know her. of her. Yeah, yeah she's, her she does, like, I've Tough motors and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. me she's, and her
1: know of each
0: other. Y'all seem to have similar men- mentalities, mm-hmm. but she mentioned um, she yeah, mentioned she's some, a badass. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude, badass. you are too, bro. You definitely are. But, like, she brought, the, she brought something up to my attention that just made me think about it and um, She's like, people don't realize how much time they have until that, how much time is taken away from them. Mm-hmm. Because she says, uh, you know, it takes twice as long for me to get out of bed, twice as long for me to get in bed, twice as long for me to take a shit, yeah. twice as long for me to wash my ass, mm-hmm. you know, and so on and so forth. And like, if you think you don't have time, do you, can you imagine like getting all that cut, and like doubling all that time? You know? Yeah, imagine getting in the car and it takes you 45 seconds to
1: a minute and a half every single time to get your wheelchair apart. Yeah. And you got to do that 15 times in a day. I'm mean, 16 times in a day, because you got to get in and out. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, shit, you spend 30 minutes to an hour just getting in and out your car. And I'm not going to lie, dude, I pull up to a place, I sit in my car for a minute, <laughs> minute or two, I look over, I say, here we go again, buddy. <laughs> I'm like, you heavy motherfucker. I got to lug your ass out this
0: big-ass truck. Dude, that, that's, that's awesome because I, I know I've seen, you know, and I think her and I talked about this, and I'm sure you've ran across it too. There's some people that it happens to and it takes their whole life and they let it consume them.
1: Yeah, and that's, that, and that's what I mean when I say I feel like I'm here for the persons in the back of the room that thinks no one's looking at them. Yeah. The people that I feel like it consumes into the people who were the wallflowers before. And now they reach out to me, they'll, they'll reach out to me with zero Instagram posts because they've erased every picture and they're embarrassed of the wheelchair. I have a friend, um, I don't think he'll mind me saying his name, his name's Jared. He would never post any pictures in the wheelchair. And he got shot like two weeks before me in Portland also. And I messaged him, I said, dude, post a picture, post a picture, post a picture. No, 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 post a picture. One day he posted a picture, messaged me, yo, dude, you got me to post this picture. And now he does nothing but post himself doing everything he does. And he, lives off, he went from the wheelchair destroying him to breaking his own barriers and allowing himself to live his life again. Now he's whipping around in his fucking AMG, his yeah. nice-ass AMG, getting in and out, like, living his life, like... And he does this damn thing. You know, he's posting all the time. He's helping inspire other people now. And I feel like that's kind of why I was here, to help people realize who that they can be so that they can keep on aspiring. I may not be able to touch every single person, but I can touch two or three who are going to touch two or three who are going to touch two or three.
0: Yeah. That's a good way to look at it, man. I think, uh, I think there's a lot to be said. I think that most people just um, – they need to stop and pay attention, man. Mm-hmm. Um, and and – I'm guilty of it too. We all are, you know, but you know, when, when you, when you take something for granted and you don't, you know, and you really don't realize you do until, you know, look, look at someone who's, you know, been, been through. through it and can mm-hmm. tell you, hey, look, man.
1: This ain't it. You yeah. know, you gotta you gotta stop and smell of the roses every now and again, no matter how gangster you are. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. Well no matter look, who you are. It's been a good time catching up with you today. Yeah, um yeah. dude, is there any, any shout outs, any plugs, anything, any last words, anything you want to throw out there?
1: Um Yeah, man, I wanna give a shout out. I wanna give a shout out to my gym because they're awesome. They're with accessibility and with helping me out like when i go to the gym dude when i go to my gym tgs it's called the gym it's in mesa arizona when i go there man they offer to get they've offered to buy me hand cycles for equipment they've also they've offered offered to move stuff around they come and they rack and unrack my weights they're like oh the dumbbells just kind of put them close don't worry about getting them up there you know we'll get it they they're awesome they got my back and uh, i stick with them they They've helped me out a lot because the bodybuilding thing is what I do. That's what I love to do, and they make it, they make it accessible for me awesome. in a much
0: easier manner than it is at a lot of other places. Hell, yeah. What's your Instagram? How can anybody find you?
1: Man, you can find me on Instagram at monster underscore jam with two M's and then another underscore after the jam. Um, you can find me on Facebook, Galen Grigsby, and uh, you can find me on, on TikTok, I think it is IFBB underscore Monster Jam. It's something like that. Okay. But if you type it in, something like that, you guys will find okay, it.
0: Okay, cool. <laughs> well, dude, it's been it's been an honor to sit down with you today, dude. Yeah. Sorry I got cold in here, bro. I, oh, I apologize no, don't for worry that. We're it, a temporary man. setup, but, uh, dude, it's been an honor, and I well, appreciate you so your time, bro. Thank you so much for bro. having me, brother. Yes, sir.